Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. How's, how's everybody recovering from the weekend? Everybody doing all right? I hope so. Everything's good. Ready to roll into this bye week. Go undefeated in the bye week as we have every every year. Certainly hope you don't lose a bye week. Eh, yeah. I don't know. There's probably a way. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure if there were some kind of off the field drama or distractions, you could lose the bye week. Um, I guess we'll talk about one specifically that I just remembered in our uh, football segment. But before we get there, we had some non. Well, we had some Lubbock news slash Texas Tech news. We had some college football news. Yes, in general, universal. nationwide. So we'll we'll talk about those things, and of course, we'll talk a little football. I mean, it just ha- so happens to be like this is still football season, despite what happened this past weekend. We are still here. <laughs> We're still surviving. <laughs> we are still three and fiving. We are three and fiving. We will talk about basketball since first tip is next week. Um, obviously, as always, get to your questions, do a very brief going yard update and finish with what we learned. But before we get to football, let's talk about the United Supermarkets news. I, I don't know fully the, um, the impact of this, the, what all it entails. There were more details coming out, like just trickling out over the afternoon but United Supermarkets is now the official supermarket of the Texas Tech Alumni Association. And Tech Athletics. And Tech Athletics. So they have completely locked locked them up. And which I guess it's one thing to be like we're the official sponsor, whatever. I mean, great. But I, I think what you pointed out on Slack is that United's kind of marking their territory as yes. HEB is preparing to come into Lubbock. Yeah. HEB will be set up with a new store late next year. Uh, they're going to have a lot of a lot of really cool things to to you know kind of rival United a little bit. And they've really been trying to to get into the local area too. I know that even in their when they announce their plans, they've you know they've got Texas Tech grads who are helping work on the design that are already part of HEB. I, I think the manager who's going to 
manage this HEB, graduated from tech. So they're trying to, they made a huge donation to the South Plains Food Bank, I, mm-hmm. I believe, when they announced, made their announcement. So they're trying to kind of get a little bit of a foothold in there. And United is, uh, is uh, staking some claim out here. They're staking the planes, if, if you, if you want to follow that. Uh, but they not only locked in the, you know, the official supermarket of tech athletics and tech alumni association association, but the marketing partnership was brokered through Learfield IMG college, the official multimedia rights holder for tech athletics. So in my mind, that means you are not going to hear an HEB ad on any Learfield station. It doesn't appear that way at all. Uh, and the station that we work for is owned by Town Square Media, KKAM. Can I say we work for them? I, I was, Has any I money was, changed hands? I was going to interject <laughs> there and be like, you know, it's okay. Anyway, the station that we uh, that, that we have, we truly do have the privilege of of hanging out with Rob and Carson for a couple hours a week. That's a lot of fun. And Tucker, but or, or three, you know, unexpectedly every yeah time. yeah three hours here and there. But they are. They have a, a pretty big group of stations like KFMX, KFYO, of course, Talk 1340, and I, I'm going to – I can't remember all the other stations, but I think they're all United stations too. Is it a KISS too? Uh, that sounds right. I believe so. And maybe Yes. They might have Yes FM. Mm-mm. Nope, they don't. That's Raymar. See, I wonder if Raymar is going to be all United as well since they carry a bunch of Learfield stuff. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it all breaks down. And like, it will. All the media groups are like strained or united is locking up all the these media groups and kind of blocking HEB out. Yeah. Reading reading between the lines would kind of make me assume that it's going to be tough to get an HEB ad on here in Lubbock, but I'm sure they'll figure out a way. Uh, but I, I, I don't feel too bad for HEB. They'll, they'll be fine. I'm sure they'll be just fine. The news today, well, I guess b- both of these items were, were breaking today, this afternoon. The NCAA takes the first step in allowing college athletes to make profit for their name, image, and likeness. And it passed unanimously from their uh, board of directing directors, their, their guidance and governance board. I can't remember the exact name of that. Governors, the the board of governors. Yeah, the NCAA's top governing board. Top governing board. There it is. Um, in the association, talking about the NCAA, in the association's continuing efforts to support college athletes, the NCAA's top governing board voted unanimously to permit students participating in athletics the opportunity to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. Um, I think it really breaks down. So they, they, they highlighted a, a handful of bullet points, which they acknowledged were vague. They're going to continue to finesse and work out. But with uh, two of them having a little special extra attention. So these points following principles are assure student athletes are treated similarly to non-athlete students unless a compelling reason exists to differentiate. Maintain the priorities of education and the collegiate experience to provide opportunities for student-athlete success. Ensure rules are transparent, focused, and enforceable, and facilitate fair and balanced 
competition. Um, and then here are the two that the NCAA called out specifically. Make clear the distinction between collegiate and professional opportunities. Make clear the compensation for athletics performance or participation is impermissible. Um, and then I had a couple more. Reaffirm that student athletes are students first and not employees of the university. Enhance principles of diversity, inclusion, and gender equity. And finally, protect the recruiting environment and prohibit inducements to select, remain at, or transfer to a specific institution. That last one, I think, is probably the biggest one. It really could be. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Because they've opened the door. I mean, the transfer the transfer portal is its own being right now. But that seems to give a, a, even more power to the students now. Yeah. So we've kind of touched on this briefly before. I'm really interested to see how some of the, the governance is going to be set up and how they're going to try to control this. Um, I do think it's, it's important to note that um, this article goes on to say the board's action was based on comprehensive recommendations from the NCAA board of governors, federal and state legislation working group, which includes presidents, commissioners, athletics directors, administrators, and student athletes. The group gathered input over the past several months from numerous stakeholders, including current and former student athletes Coaches, presidents, faculty, and commissioners across all three divisions. The board also directed continued and productive engagement with legislators. So, sounds like, or at least they're, they're trying to give off the illusion that they've done their homework. I don't know how it's going to work, and they didn't give any details. I think they don't know how it's going to work. But I think it, this is all kind of a... Um, cascade waterfall from the uh, the California ruling a couple of months ago and that the NCAA I think is being a little more proactive despite the state of California going first on this um, but it's also refreshing to see them not just dig their heels and say we're not going to allow that sure um, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by that. I, oh, for sure. I thought it would drag out a little bit. I, I can't remember California's or, you know, the timeline that was given to where if, if California continued with this, uh, this, oh, procedure they had in place to where the, 
the kids could benefit off their likeness mm-hmm. or there was some timeline to where the NCAA would consider kicking them out of the league, kicking the California teams out. I thought it would come at least within a year of that, but they I wonder if this, I'm assuming that California really kind of forced their hand and maybe it was something they were thinking about anyway or on the fence. I don't want to give them too much benefit of the doubt because they make billions of dollars on March Madness. So it's not like they're just a, a flawless machine there that just governs and makes sure everything's fair. They uh, they really surprised me with coming out this early on in the process and and seem a little transparent right now that they sure. yeah. that they have like you said they have guidelines but they haven't figured out exactly how to implement them yet and they acknowledge that they know that and they're they're going to con- continue to work on it before they really start putting rules into place but. But yeah, the two that you mentioned, aside from the transfers, the two that you mentioned about making clear the distinction between collegiate and professional opportunities and making clear that compensation for athletics performance or participation is impermissible. Those are, I feel like the second one is going to be a little bit easier to enforce because you can't say, hey, this kid played a great game. Let's give him five hundred bucks. Let's kick him an extra thousand. Right. I, I think that one may be pretty easy to enforce, but I don't know. Well, if it is above, or not. Yeah, above the table, sure. Yeah, like you can't. You know, you you wouldn't be able to say that some other corporate sponsor is doing that, and 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 they may be doing that now. You know, it, obviously you can't control that or really have any kind of oversight into what may be happening under the table and without anybody's knowledge. But yeah, what they're saying is university can't pay for performance. Like you sure. can't say, Oh, Jordan Brooks had, had a, a pick six. Here's, here's 500 bucks. Yeah. Uh, Douglas Coleman finishes first in the NCAA and in interceptions for the season. Here's $2,500. Yeah. Like here's her, here's her, some cash. Yeah, <laughs> here's some cash for being, cash making bonus. this milestone. Yeah, uh, the, it's it's really going to be tough to, I guess, police almost. But I think it's the right thing to do. You've got to at least start that. It's not. It's not fair, for to have a kid, who has. Sure, they've earned the right to be the number one recruit, or they've earned, mm-hmm. or they have these talents that that they've been able to use and, and uh, you know, a head on their shoulders that they've been able to use to learn the plays or to, you know, finesse their technique or whatever it is to make them successful at their sport, to have them get dinged severely for signing a jersey for money. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, that that's kind of the most wholesome example you can have to support this. The fact that if, if Pat Mahomes was, was signing a poster outside of uh, the student union building one day and someone gave him five bucks for it. He could be dinged from the, yeah. for the NCAA or, or what we saw Matt Mooney and Tariq Owens doing this spring. They were signing and auctioning off some of their NCAA tournament gear, which they had to wait till the, after they had left the school to be able to right. do it. The second they were out of school, I think uh, Odiase did that a little bit too. Yeah. And, and that was, Hey, these guys know that they're not their likeness. And, and, you know, they're, they're smart guys. They want mm-hmm. to strike while the iron's hot. You think there's probably... Uh, yeah, that's why... Oduduro, you know, <laughs> he probably wanted to auction something off, but he couldn't 
do it until he got out of school, you yeah. know? Which is why you saw Mooney do it this spring, not like right now. I don't think anybody would really pay top dollar for game-worn Matt Mooney tennis shoes. Not right now. In but, October. But in April? They did or, in April and May. You bet, yeah. That so. was, a, that was the, the, the time to strike. Yeah. So I, I am fully in support of it. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how people are going to abuse it because you know they are. But it's it's a step in the right direction. They've got to start somewhere. I don't think it would hurt anyone's feelings to have seen Pat Mahomes selling, you know, McGavick Nissan in 2016. I don't think anyone would have been upset about that. No. All right, before we get into football, support for Armchair comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Is that so? Yeah. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology. So this trimmer won't nick or snag. Did you know that because of all this manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using below the belt. That's, that's just not the thing to do. That's that sounds nasty. Manscaped also has the crop preserver. It's an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair. It's all one word. A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R at manscaped.com. Just like your father always told you. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code armchair. Michael. Yes. You ready to talk about some football? Man, I'm ready. Let's do it. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Marcus Field down the sideline. Touchdown, Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw, going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, he's, my. He's got it. Touchdown, oh. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Carter pulls free. And touchdown, Red Raiders with a second to go. Let the scoring begin. All right, so we do not have a game to preview this week. We do have a a bye week to preview. You hope to go through this week one and zero, but I think we we kind of tease this a little bit in the in the intro. You hope bye weeks do not bring any kind of off the field drama or distractions. Um, unfortunately, you did have a little bit of of news that came out um, yesterday afternoon. Defensive end Lonzel Gilmore has medically retired. He yeah. sustained another injury. Uh, I believe I heard it was a ruptured bicep, which just sounds disgustingly painful. Um, 
and he and his family and, and medical per professionals, excuse me, um, decided it was best for him to, to hang up his cleats and to, to get healthy, preserve his body, um, and to pursue and develop his talents elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, you, you, uh, you always want to root for your own guys and Lonzo is definitely one of our own guys. And, uh, I don't question this decision at all. I can't imagine fighting back from this injury to continue sitting at my desk at a computer all day, much less playing D1 football. So uh, best of luck. And just, I, I mean, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt Tech a little bit to kind of get back on the, to get on the focus of the whole team. You know, depth has been an issue, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But that's not his concern. That's uh, that's on Coach Wells and the rest of the staff to have somebody ready to play. But, you know, best of luck to the kid. And uh, I just can't imagine what it would feel like to uh, tear a bicep. No, he and didn't it, tear it. Was, it. He ruptured it. Well, it was in the well, it was in the Iowa State game. Uh, so I didn't. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't realize it was just very recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lonzel Gilmore came to Texas Tech out of Spring, Texas. Uh, his recruiting profile lists him at six three two fifteen. His roster has enlisted at six three two sixty. It's a it's a lean forty five pound gain, <laughs> right? <laughs> he was an imposing figure on the defensive line. Um, we wish Lonzel the best um, speedy recovery and success in all of his future endeavors. I, I had one I wanted to read a little bit. He had a great post on Twitter. Uh, I believe Coach Wells had his press conference, I think, or media availability today, or somehow it came out today that Gilmore was going to be out for the year. Maybe it was yesterday, sorry. But then not soon after, Gilmore made his official announcement that he was going to medically retire. But at the end of his statement, he said, uh, because of my wonderful university, I've not only become a first-generation graduate in my family, but I have the opportunity of getting my second degree as well. I will forever be grateful to the, for the experiences I had in Lubbock these past five years. And as always, long live the Matadors. So, I mean, two degrees. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done, sir. Both Matt Wells and Kirby Hokut both posted very positive and glowing remarks about Gilmore. So I didn't want to, I wanted to follow up one thing, um, that I, <laughs> I, I, I was really harsh, <laughs> but in an instant reaction podcast where yeah, I mean, tech lost to Kansas 37, 34 in the last second field goal. Let's go back and talk about, um, <laughs> so when we, when I talked about, when we were first starting to talk about areas of the game, uh, we touched on obviously Douglas Coleman, when he recovered the blocked field goal, um, and then apparently pitched the ball. Maybe he didn't pitch it. Maybe he was a forced fumble. Um, I, I wanted to go back and clarify some things and like cool off that that initial uh, <laughs> criticism. Uh, and and I, I I started off saying I don't want to tear into the guy, and then I I did it. Um, one. Or something I, I I wasn't aware of at the time, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, Douglas Coleman has been dealing with an ankle injury lately, um, 
so it's possible, even though when we look at the replays and the screenshots and everything, and there's this huge open lane where we're like, why, why didn't he not turn up field and just run it? He had the, all the blockers. It could have been something that Coleman was considering, like, can I make 80 yards on this ankle? Now, he is trying to outrun a kicker, a holder, and nine offensive linemen. Sure, but he's his mind's but also on, making 90 other calculations at that moment, too. On a bum ankle, thinking, yeah. like, I have to run 80 yards on this? Maybe not. Also, we did hear, um, this was in the, in the offseason, um, that Coach Wells and his defense and special teams they they teach and they work on scoring off of defensive and special team plays. Um, the other thing to, to consider with, with with Coleman is having been taught to be looking for opportunities. Him thinking maybe you know with the amount of time we had left that like he needed to score on this play. Mm-hmm. Um, that that could have been something that you know it was just going back to. That what the new coaching staff has been trying to to teach is to look for opportunities. Um, that there was a player. It looked like he was looking for Xavier Benson, who was kind of trailing him off to his right. Um, and then the last thing was there was a a Kansas player that didn't tackle Coleman, but at the time that he was turning to pitch, hit the arm that Coleman had the ball in. So like if the ball was in his right arm, the Kansas player hit his right arm. So it's also possible that Coleman didn't intend to pitch it. He, he, he may have turned around to look for a pitch and there were, then saw that nobody was there. But, but then, got but then hit, simultaneously was hit. And then he fumbled it. Yeah. Um, so, one, we don't know exactly what was going through his head. Sure. I, I don't think he's been made available, and I don't think anybody's going to be going too, too deep into that. Um, and the other thing that it's – it's good to remember and reflect on, you know, three days later is Coleman is not the reason that Texas tech lost the game. Correct. Um, There were plenty of opportunities to score more points, to stop Kansas from scoring more points. Um, You, you're definitely going to remember some of these real close plays like the Baylor um, illegal snap fumble, um, some of the big broken plays, pass plays in the Kansas game, this one. Um, but you don't win or lose a game on one play. Um, so I, I, I just want to kind of walk back some of the, the criticism I had of Coleman. You were a little salty. I was. You're, you're a little salty on that one. Just lost to Kansas, <laughs> which I, we're going to have to sit on. Yeah, um, I know. And I, I wanted to just mention a tiny bit. I don't know why that play didn't bother me that much. I think I was already so disgusted that Tech punted on fourth and one mm. with three minutes under just, well, three three minutes and change. It was just under four minutes left, knowing darn well that Carter Stanley had their number for whatever reason that night, and they punted anyway. They That was when, that was when they handed them the, the game, in my mind. So... Doug Coleman definitely gets a pass from me. He's uh, he got his what seventh interception that game. Mm-hmm. Incredible still, player, still leads the country. Yeah, I, I, that I can't explain. I think I was just kind of in a daze after, after that because I thought they're just going to drive down and kick it. This 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 is just how this is going to end. And, and sure, sure, there was a crazy play, but it's still exactly what happened. The other thing that I, I wanted to kind of touch on. 
um, and I don't know how, how you'd go about looking up this without, you know, being best friends with a Texas Tech SID. I don't know that Texas Tech has ever blocked two kicks in the same game. That's true because they had the PAT, which was the only reason they were kind of in the game anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> had had Kansas connected on that PAT, the, the last minute drive would not have been necessary unless Texas Tech had on their last touchdown gone for two and converted it to tie it. See, uh, otherwise Kansas would have had a one point lead. Tech might have. May, they may not have punted on fourth and one if they were down by one. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Might have won the game that way. You know, you never know if you kind of, you know, you know so, play a little aggressively here and there, you know? So I, I, I did find out that the last time that Tex Tech has blocked a PAT was against Kansas and Terrence huh. Bullitt blocked it. So it wasn't that. I think it was mid 2000s. Yeah. Uh, 2010s, like 14, I believe. I can't. And then the last time that Texas Tech had blocked a field goal uh, were was a few years before that. Really? TCU, I think. Was it before TCU was in the Big 12? No, it would have been... Um, maybe it was the other way around. That it, was, it was a few years after the blocked PIT. But I didn't know it had been that long. Hmm. Yeah, so... You, You've blocked a punt more recently. It was yeah. last year in Iowa State. Uh, also one of those games where, like, on some measures of success, you you score on a special teams play, you score on a defensive play, and yet you still lost the game. Right, because your offense could only put up or 17 points. Yeah. Um, so one of those things that will get lost because you lost the game is that you blocked two kicks in this game against Kansas, um, a PAT, and a field goal, first time that in a very long time that that's that's happened, and it may be hard to track if and when that's happened again. Um, I had to sh- I had to show Spencer my watch face. Okay, um, it's a cool it's a cool ghost. The other thing that um, spooky season it is spooky season, and the other thing <laughs> I, I keep saying the other thing. Uh, one, one thing we haven't mentioned yet is not football related at all. Game six of the World Series is going on right now. And uh, Juan Soto had hit a home run right as I walked in for the Nationals to take the lead. Oh. So Eaton and Soto had, had homered off of Verlander in the fifth. I'm sure it's like in the sixth or seventh now. Houston could win the World Series tonight while we're on the, on the, on the mics. And interesting enough, like, a home team has not won a game in the World Series. That's so strange. I remember, I think there was an NBA Finals a few years ago where that happened. Yeah. And it was really odd. So, um, the other thing that has kind of come out uh, and getting a, a little more attention is some stats. I like stats. You of, know I do. I, I know you do. Uh, uh, you're speaking to me. Matt Wells' head coaching records. Ooh, I don't I don't like these stats though. <laughs> all right, so including all of his years as a as the head coach at Utah State and this partial year so far through Texas Tech in 2019, he has a total record of 45 and 39. So he wins at a 54% clip. Okay. Um now I don't know where to find these benchmarks for other college coaches or like who would who people would consider successful 
He's much better at home. Over his career as a head coach, he is 30 and 10 at home, so 75-25%. Whereas on the road, he's 15 and 29, or he's pretty close to 15 and 30, uh, which is, you know, a 1 to 2 ratio, 33 to 67. Wow, that's almost exactly what's happening this year. Funny, uh, like it's, it's not actually um, you know, the the stats are continuing to trend in that same direction. Yeah. Um the one aspect, one piece of that that has come out is his record in one score games. I saw something about that. Was it was it Kyle who who started that conversation or someone on Twitter? But anyway, I I did see that get thrown around. Uh, I think it was even before the Kansas game. Yeah, and these are not rosy stats. They're not. Again, I don't have any benchmarks across college football to know if like. They're like most coaches are terrible. You would think it would average out to 50 50, right? Like there's a one coach that loses a game, one coach that wins a game at one score game. Matt Wells has been the, the, the bad end of all these games. It seems he is seven and 18 over his career as a head coach and one score games. Um, interesting to me, at least he doesn't find himself in a lot of one score games at home. Yeah, he's he's five and three in one score games at home, so he's only done eight times. So, eight of the twenty five times that he's been in a one score game, it's been at home. The other seventeen times he's been on the road. That road record in one score games, two and fifteen. Now, do these include this year? Is this as mm-hmm. current as okay? So this is up to Tech's first eight games up through Kansas. Yes, so twenty thirteen through Kansas. So one of those 15s on the 2-15 and one-score-away record was in Lawrence. And one of those was home against Iowa State. And I, I'm including... Yeah, that was a one-score game. I, I'm, I'm including um, eight points as one score. I, I think it only really only applied to one game as a head coach for Utah State. Everything else has been 7-4 or 3. I think it was one game was one point. Um but for me, I, I considered eight points, one score. Sure, I'd agree with that. So 25 one-score games, he wins less than 30% of these games. Or, put it the other way, he loses 70% of the time that he's the head coach in a one-score game. Now's the time to turn that around. Or just start well, beating the piss out of everybody. That's the thing. That's what you got to do. When I was going back through his his records at Utah State, it was astounding. Like most of their wins, just absolute knocking the snot out of people. Like sixty point wins. Gosh, <laughs> like forty to sixty point wins. But when they were close, it was like it wasn't always against the best competition. That um, they'd have some like really weird games where they like they had a a one score loss to New Mexico a few years ago. I think 2015, like Bob Davey game. Hey, there's probably someone on Twitter right now saying that, uh, Hey, those Lobos are pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, two and 15 on the road in a one score game. Again, disclaimer. I don't know what the national averages are. But it's like that stat that we had that we're keeping track of, oh, like with Kingsbury, the Kingsbury and the, halftime, and the halftime lead. lead. 
Sure. Where he was like one in 16, two this, in 16. Oh, it was, if, 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 it was if, in the, got in the thirties. Yeah. If it's a, um, a seven point game on the road, you just, you can almost chalk it up to, to taking the L. Well, I, yeah, I don't look forward to all the, all the tweets about this that are going to be, Oh no, here we are in Morgantown and it's only a three point game. It's, it's 34 31 and three minutes left. Here's, here, <laughs> here's, here's how you avoid this. You don't let them get within one score. Yeah. You, you, you don't s- give up a 17 point lead. No, you just, you just, you just beat everyone in, into submission. That's how you, that's how you get around it. Yeah. You, you would hope so. Um, Okay, so Texas Tech is off this weekend. I hope everybody is aware of that. West Virginia, your next opponent is off this weekend. Um, or they, no, 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 they were they play Thursday. They, yeah, they were off this past weekend. They, they had play a bye. Thursday. Um, are they at Baylor or are they hosting Baylor? Yes, they are at Baylor. They are okay. at McLean. They are making the trip out to Waco really quickly. Um, because I think a lot of people have their eyes on this West Virginia game. Obviously, you're going to need, I'm trying to count, three of the next four um, to make bowl eligibility. I like that you had to count. Well, I, <laughs> I keep forgetting. No, it, it's I keep forgetting how many games are left on the schedule. I'm trying to count. Like, there are <laughs> <To> f- four. <laughs> there are four games remaining, and I, I, I knew you had to win three. Right. I didn't know if you, like, you had to win out or you had to win three or four. Because yeah. I keep like, TCU, Kansas State. West Virginia and Texas. See, Correct. I always keep trying to drop one of them. It's usually one of the purple schools. Um, West Virginia, I think, is seen as your next best option to kind of right the ship, uh, or next best opportunity. Obviously, you want to see how they do on the road coming out to McLean. Um, Baylor's got a, a pretty sizable lead or line on this game, minus 17. Yeah, they're favored heavily at home. Um, they, I just with, don't know with a low over under too, fifty five and a half. Yeah, it, it's going to be a which is low for a Big Twelve team, but I think not many games have been real high scoring in the Big Twelve this year, except for Oklahoma. Oh gosh, yeah. And there was there was one TCU game, the TCU Kansas game, I think, where there was like seventy points scored. There's 70 combined scored uh, this past week in Kansas, Texas Tech. Tech and OSU was pretty high scoring. That was... Okay, so, so let me reel this There's back. been a few. The, the, there no, have been, there I'm have been not, more unders than I'm, I'm used yes, to. Yes, yes. I, I think, you know, Kansas beat West Virginia. No, West Virginia beat Kansas 24-17, to 17, something like that. 24-29. Oh, okay. See, that was kind of a low one and yeah, kind yeah, of a weird... A weird 29. What is that? Yeah, uh, so the, I, I'm with you. They have had quite a few unders and... I think one place I saw on this one had the score predicted to be 42 plus 17, which would just be 59. Yeah, just kind of right at the over. So they're expecting, I mean, if if Baylor's going to run away with 17 points, I mean, you're looking at a 38 to 17 score. I mean, a a pretty dominant. 38-21. Yeah. Even that's fifty nine. Thirty eight to seventeen would be fifty five. Yeah, so, so that, kind of kind of a dominant score. Uh, you know, almost doubling up whoever it is. So for those that are trying to take advantage of the bye week um, and 
you know, have some plans this weekend. The West Virginia game was on Thursday night, ESPN 7 p.m. Um, I'm going to try to watch as much of that as I can, or at least record it. I want to see. I want to see Neil Brown's offense. See, see what they got going. See what they I, got cooking. I'm I'm interested to get a lot closer look at West Virginia as well. Me too. As a true football fan, Michael, yeah. Yeah. you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Patrick Mahomes will keep the Chiefs in the game. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season. So now's the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. MyBookie is a premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. Best part is if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they will give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all of your favorite picks. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. But I got to say, I don't know if I would mess around with that 17-point line. (laughs) What what would you do? What would you pick there? I, I, would, I would have to take. I think I would take West Virginia to cover. As crazy as that sounds, maybe I don't know. Seven, that doesn't sound that crazy to me. West Virginia on the road against the conference's number one team right now. The conference, the conference's number one team. Okay, let me, let me dig into this a little bit. The conference's number one team has played a lot of close Big 12 games. And they've won every single one of them. They've won every single one of them. They haven't found themselves... Not by 17. Found themselves in a stinker like uh, Oklahoma did on the road this weekend. It's true. You know, I'm... I'm I like to throw salt on Baylor every chance I get. But really (laughs) quick, I want to establish that up front. Hold on. Before you get there, that OU thing... So a lot of OU fans were up in arms about the ruling on the onside kick. Uh, the Oklahoma kick coverage team member did touch the ball before it went 10 yards. Apparently, though, he was blocked into it. Like, it was not a... He was trying to recover it. He was yeah. engaged in a block. Yeah. Enough outrage that Greg Burks, uh, coordinator of officials for the Big 12, got on the weekly teleconference to address those concerns. Interesting that he did that when it involved Oklahoma. Sure. But not Texas Tech. When it involved Oklahoma having to score 18 points in the fourth quarter or whatever to make the game interesting. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, okay, back to my Baylor shade that I try to throw every chance I get. Every chance we get. They they beat Iowa State by two. Which um, is, it's not, but that, that's not like any shade on them though. Like Iowa State's still legit. Well, Baylor was up 20 to nothing. At one point, they sure, beat they yeah. beat Iowa State by two. They did beat K State thirty one twelve, so that's a nineteen victory. They beat Tech by three, obviously. 
they beat Oklahoma State 45-27, so that's 18 points, but that most of that came in the fourth quarter when Oklahoma State just fell apart. So I don't know. But is West Virginia better than Oklahoma State? No. At home. Sorry. On the road. Yeah, West Virginia would be on the road for this. Yeah, because they, they played – Baylor played uh, in Stillwater. Anyway, it's <laughs> it'll be a good game to watch Halloween night while you're getting up – Oh, yeah. Answering the door, trick-or-treaters. I don't even think about that. Pause the game, get up, throw some candy. Have have I'll, I'll probably have this game on on like a device and then probably Hocus Pocus on the big screen. I've seen I've seen Hocus Pocus too many times. It's already. tradish, man. It's t- <laughs> we keep it we keep free, it real here. Freeform needs to find some other Halloween movies to sneak in. Whatever, we got it on DVD. Dig- that's digital video disc for you uh <laughs> not millennials. Gen Gen Wise. Is that right? I think it's Z. Gen Z? Gen Z? Z. Gosh, right. that sounds like an old. You are. <laughs> All right, let's talk about basketball. And okay. unfortunately, oh, man, we still, I, I have made progress, but we still need an intro. We, I, I promise. Just call Travis Tritt and see if he minds if we play where corn don't grow. That could oh, be our intro. Dang it, I want to play that song now, but I, with, with our, our new... Uh, New format. I don't want to. I don't want to gain any. Um, I tell you what, scrutiny for. I'll it. just get my guitar and I'll sing it. No big deal. Yeah, we'll record it. We are producing a basketball intro, very similar to the football one. Fortunately or unfortunately, there have been so many good games and big moments. We're not like I'm struggling getting past the past two seasons. Oh sure. Like with without having too many highlights of the past two seasons. So it may just be 2017, 2018, 2018, yeah. 2019. Yeah, cuz you, you'll hear a lot of familiar names, uh Keenan Evans, Naeem Stevenson, uh Zach Smith, Zaire Smith, Jared Culver. Jared Culver, Davide Moretti, Matt Mooney, Tariq Owens. Many of these said by Kevin Harlan. Some of them will be oh, will be tournament. We got to get some Kevin Harlan in on this. Um some, One of my all-time faves, whatever sport it is. Yeah, I love listening to Kevin Harlan. So, be on the lookout for that, since basketball will be a regular and recurring uh, segment starting this week. Um, first game of the season is next Tuesday night on the night we record our podcast. Yeah, November fifth at seven p.m. hosting Eastern Illinois. For those already looking to watch the game. Fox Sports Southwest Plus. Do not ask me what channel that is. I don't know what provider you have and where it falls in your listing. Or where I you live. can't help that. <laughs> if you do have a, a Fox Sports subscription, you can get it on the Fox Sports app. That seems correct. It, it may depend on where you live. Yes. If... They may if have the game, some sort of weird regional coverage. If you if you live in Florida, like no, because you may not be able point, to get that. You, you'd get Fox Sports Sun or something. And if you live in Florida and you listen to our podcast, thank you. Oh, for sure. Reach out to us at Twenty Three Personnel. Let us know that you're in Florida listening to our podcast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. First game is a week away. I guess some unfortunate news, unsettling news is that there has still been no ruling for eligibility waiver or whatever you want to call it on UNLV transfer Joel and Tomboy. So what does this mean? He's, he's just kind of sidelined. 
still unsure if he'll be eligible to participate this season. So it puts him in a weird spot one week before the season. Like, how much does he practice with the team? How much does Chris Beard work him into the rotation uh, leading up to game one? Um, Because if you if you have him have a large role in practice and he's not eligible this season, then you kind of have to scramble and re remix your lines or whatever. But on the flip side, if you don't include him and he becomes eligible, like then you've got a great tool, an asset sitting on the bench right? and you're still trying to figure out how to work him in. You do have a fairly soft non-conference schedule, which I think. <laughs> oh my goodness, Charmin! A lot of people, Charmin, soft. That, that, there's that tournament where I think Tech plays Louisville and whatnot, but yeah, the, it's 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 pretty it's pretty light. Now, having said that, I will caution everybody. It's it's going to be hard not to draw comparisons because the last time we saw this team was in a national title game. Oh, sure. This yes. is not the same team. No. And no. you'll you need to remember back to the November and December games last season. There were some against really bad competition where you looked bad. You couldn't score or you couldn't defend or you couldn't do either. And you couldn't hang onto the ball. Tech yeah. had a lot of turnovers in a lot of those games that, that so, they shouldn't have. And they lost. You know, we, we talked about it, but we don't want to look too much into it. They did lose an exhibition game to UTEP. They lost an exhibition game sure. or scrimmage to Houston this past weekend. Oh, okay. I don't somehow I missed that. So, well, because it was super secret, it wasn't really talked about. I, I knew that they had one the year before or uh, in twenty eighteen as well, mm-hmm. but I I didn't know they just had one again. So that's these guys. It's gonna there's gonna be some growing pains. I, However, I think we we are aware of that as fans. Chris Beard also has the benefit of a like we said, a fairly soft non-conference schedule to kind of work the kinks out. You do have some really good non-conference games. You do play Louisville. You do play Kentucky. Right, but then the Kentucky course, game's in the middle of the Big 12 schedule, so that's kind of not the same. Well, sure. At, at that point, because you're, you're in the Big 12 schedule, you hope you're you're kind of settled on something. That's toward the end of January. Um. I told us where I was going to go with that, but you do have some time to kind of work the kinks out, get your rotation um, kind of ironed out. Is uh, Jemias Ramsey going to be a starter? Is he going to be the first man off the bench? Um, what kind of role does Russell Chewa play as the seven foot guy of Putnam? Um, Chris Clark, is he a starter or is he the six man? Davide Moretti, is he the one or the two? Kyler Edwards, on and on. You've got a lot of questions that you will begin to be answered. You'll begin to see answered next Tuesday. I'm really excited to be recording the podcast while the end of that game's on. Yeah, we'll be able to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. It's, it's basketball weather. It's 30, it's 30, 30 degrees. degrees or below outside right now. I think <laughs> it's raining. getting in the teens at yeah. some point. So this is perfect. I I wanted to. We hadn't talked about this before we recorded, so I'm Forgive me if I'm kind of springing it on you, but I wanted to ask you if you had a, one player on this team that you are most excited to watch this season. I've got one, so I can say mine and th- to let you think if you want. But yeah, because I if you have one, I don't want to have the same guy. So why don't you go first and then 
Chris Clark. Dang it. Ah, yes. Okay, so it was him or Jemias Ramsey. Okay, okay. Those there's no wrong answer. There there really isn't, but Chris Clark, I was so impressed with what I mean, obviously his highlights are fantastic, but actually seeing him play in the Bahamas in the tournament, getting to see some of those highlights mm-hmm. of of as a Red Raider, super impressed with his mobility, how he runs up and down the floor. He's a presence of a man. I'm he's going to get some boards. He's going to be the guy that's he'll he'll just step up one game and for some reason have eight assists or something. I I don't know. I I'm just really excited about Chris Clark. I think he's the guy I'm I'm going to be watching the closest. Yeah, he's got one of those bigger guard bodies that could kind of float between a guard forward, like a small forward. Yeah. yeah. I think he's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, um and a fairly good size at that too in terms of weight. Um so him, I I really want to see the five star Jemais Ramsey what he does. He could be another one and done this year. That's going to be incredible to watch. It, it but then like you, I, I hate to like leave out like a guy like Terrence Shannon or the other transfer TJ Holyfield. TJ Holyfield, I know we hadn't even talked about him yet. Um, if Joel and and Tomboy gets gets eligibility, well, he, Kyler he, Edwards may make a leap. David Moretti could still <laughs> be a big piece. It's there's a lot, a lot, a lot of talent on this team. Still trying to put it all together uh, from what it sounds like. First opportunity, 7 p.m., November 11th. Sorry, whoop. November oh, 5th. 5th. I saw 11. November 5th, 7 p.m., versus Eastern Illinois. Um, one more thing before we move on to your questions. Chris Beard hosted a live fireside chat at the sub exclusively for students. Michael, did you watch this? I I did watch it, and his fireside chats are just golden. They're always good. It. And he really brought in all the students, and, and um, he brought in, I think, the president of the SGA, and I forget the other two guys. I think there was someone from Raider Riot there, but they each had the opportunity to showcase the organizations they're a part of and what they bring to Texas Tech basketball. He even brought out the couple that we've mentioned on the podcast who he said he would pay for their wedding and provide Whataburger if there are 4,500 students at the first game. So if you're a student and you're listening to this, please help this young couple. It's a Tuesday night. Go, it's a, it's go a Tuesday something. night. Go go watch Tech play Eastern Illinois because if it's a sellout, I think 4,500 students has to be the considered a sellout, then he would provide all that for them, which would be fantastic to see that many meaning you young kids out there. And then the other uh, point that was interesting that has been mentioned, but I, I kind of had forgotten about it because I'm not a student, but Beard stressed to the students that if they attend the five games before the conference games, they will be guaranteed a ticket to the Kentucky game. So if you're a student, go to the games, to, you know, try to study as best you can. Are those games like after the fall break, like after the fall semester ends? Yes. I, I think, mm, man, he mentioned it. He mentioned it before that, but there, there is a kind of like a slight I'm, stipulation I'm, I'm to look it, it up real quick, but I think they do it to where it's not, it's not when the students are gone. But, right, you said the five games before conference. Yes. So conference starts 
January 4th, hosting Oklahoma State. So five games back, you've got CSUB, so that's uh, Cal State, Bakerfield. UT uh, on, on the 29th, December 29th. UTRGV on the 21st. Southern Miss on the 16th. Louisville on the 10th. So th- this is about where you're getting into the, that school range. And then um, you Iowa, but that's the uh, that's a tournament game. Well, the I think is Louisville not one of the tournament games. Maybe I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. Tuck LIU Brooklyn on November twenty fourth, and Tennessee State on the twenty first. So you got some games to get to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So get their students. Get their students. Tech students. <laughs> Dang it. I was going to say it. <laughs> Tech students. Oh, you were so much better. Solid. Let's, Solid. Get to, um, let's get to your questions. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right. So, I asked everybody to send in thoughts, reactions, uh, questions, whether it be tech football related or the news that broke today. First in, Cooper Burnett sends a gif of, um, I think it's from Friday. I got to say it was a good day. Uh, anyways, the his his it's tweet, Ice Cube. Yeah, it's Ice Cube. His his tweet says NCAA video games might be coming back, and I'm excited about that. Whether it's 21 or 22, the prospect of EA Sports NCAA football 22. It's in the game. If it's in the game, it's in the game. Well, and I I wonder how they're going to do that. Uh, would he, would each player get the same? amount for NCAA being able to use their likeness in that game. They, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, I would guess that's well, that maybe the how they do it or I know the game has roster size limits. I see. Yeah. So it may be like limited to scholarship players. And I don't know how they would work that out or if they just need to figure out a way in the game to expand it um, to all current. See, like what happens if a player is dropped from the roster after their name is submitted for compensation. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, say there's a Spencer Rogers on the Texas Tech football roster, June 1, and Texas Tech had to submit that list to the NCAA that would then turn it into EA Sports to fix the rosters for their July 1st release, right? Well... June 29th, Spencer Rogers is cut from the roster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is he still going to be? Well, and is... uh, He'll still be on the game for Texas Tech, even though he may play for Texas State. Sure, sure. I I don't know. I'm I'm making all this up. Well, and is is Joe Burrow going to get the same check as Jet Duffy? That type of thing. Or Jackson Tyner. Sure. I, I Carter would, Stanley. I would think for for an appearance in the game, yeah, they they should all be compensated the same. Maybe if you're on the cover, you get a little 
<laughs> Maybe they'll give you an Xbox. <laughs> I don't oh. know. They're going to do something weird with it. But, hey, I know a lot of people like that game. The only time I ever bought one was uh, when Crabtree was on the cover. Yeah, that was good. It was 2009? Mm, 2010. Yeah. Uh, Adam and Yolanda, in your opinion, is it coaching staff struggling at Power 5 level? Um, not having confidence in Duffy or so worried Duffy will get hurt, afraid to do too much. In my opinion, Bowman was best last year but struggled before injury. Seems Duffy could be rolling if wasn't handcuffed by Yost and Wells. So I think there is some speculation on several people, me included, that the offense is a little more conservative, at least in the quarterback run game, with the current health situation and the depth of quarterbacks because we know it's behind Jet Duffy and it's Jackson Tyner. We know it's behind him and it's Xavier Martin who has not played quarterback at Texas Tech. Correct. Um, I think with the health of Alan Bowman and Maverick McIver, um, both of them being unavailable, at least currently, um, they want Duffy to run and be exposed to that kind of physical risk as little as possible. Um, I don't know the extent of like how much of that, of the offense that Yost would run is predicated on quarterback run. Um, we, we have seen Duffy be a lot better in staying in the pocket, stepping up into the pocket, making throws, um, not bailing on it as soon as the pass protection breaks down. So he is being taught to stand in there and to step up and not just bail. Um, but again, I go back to, I don't know how much of Yost's offense relies on quarterback runs. If there is more than what we're seeing, I'd be willing to bet they're not calling it because of the health of the quarterback room. Um, now, if you want to talk about Bowman versus Duffy, I would point back to a comparison of both of their stats versus big 12 opponents and say, they're basically the same. Um, and it really comes down to preference or who has the hot hand. But you can't be like running quarterbacks in and out on a per series basis like you can running backs. Sure. Um, the perception that Duffy turned the ball over a whole lot more, according to the stats, against Big 12 teams didn't hold water. It was the same. He turned. He scored as many touchdowns. Had the same number of turnovers as Alan Bowman did. Um, Bowman just had the benefit of, doubt, benefit of having played Houston and Lamar and UTEP and Montana State and put up a lot of stats against teams with lesser competition on the defensive side. Um, was able to pad his stats. So if you look at total stats for Bowman, yeah, he he he's got better numbers. But Duffy didn't have that benefit of playing group of five or FCS level opponents that Bowman did. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. There's, I think most fans agree with how they've limited Duffy with his legs as hard as it is to see, because you know, there's probably some chances that he could have taken and, and gotten a first down, but you know, he may have gotten hurt doing it. So it may not be worth taking that risk to, uh, bring in your fourth string QB or whatever number you tech would be at at this point. 
so I, yeah, not not a lot to add to that, but uh, and good I, thoughts. I don't know how you would quantify. Um, gosh, <laughs> try to throw my phone on my bag and I missed um, the whiff. The ability to track Coach Wells' success jumping from a group of five to a power five school. He's had he's both coordinators he's got now have power five experience. But also looking at all these stats that I did for Matt Wells today, his record versus Power 5 schools is abysmal. Granted, the majority of those games came from a group of five school who just didn't beat a lot of Power 5 schools. Um, so I'm not sure how you'd be able to track success about moving up from group of five to Power 5 and what I, that should look like. Now, I know that this is totally a homework assignment for you. But one thing to look, whichever you know, it seems to keep getting brought up, are the other mats. The comparison with Matt, uh, you know, Matt Campbell, who was at Toledo for three or four years before going to Iowa State, and then of course Matt Rule, who was at Temple before going to Baylor. Yes, those might be still apples to oranges, but kind of closer, close comparisons. I'm not sure. Because they weren't there as long. I don't. They were not a, either of. They weren't head coaches at uh, their respective schools as long as as Wells was at Utah State. And all three of them were in different group of five conferences too. Also true. So yeah, there's 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 really no baseline. This could mean this could mean nothing in three years, or it could mean oh gosh, we we should have seen this. Or <laughs> it could mean everything. Or his who knows? history means it meant nothing. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? But it is it definitely is worth noting right now. Losing losing close games way more often than winning close games is uh is not something that we <laughs> to take lightly at this point. Yeah. Um. All right, quick going yard update. In Lubbock, South Plains, if you are a Bermuda, 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 that's what my, that's how my mama says it. Bermuda grass lawn. Um, it's checked out. It's done for the year. You're done. If you've dang right. Um, if you didn't mow before it went completely dormant, now's a good chance to just kind of level it off because it's going to be the same height from now until May. So just go ahead and get it looking good. However you want it. Yes. Um, the cold weather, uh, we've had two or three cold, um, cold fronts come through with freezing or below freezing temperatures. It's done. My fescue, because it, the weather keeps bouncing back and forth between freezing and like mid to low 50s, it's slowed way down. It'll still continue to grow and it'll remain green um, for a while and it'll still need water. Uh, this is going to sound crazy, but those with Bermuda lawns, it's, it's a good idea now that your lawn is dormant to put down like a half application of fertilizer as a winterizer. And what this will do is it'll, the nutrients in the fertilizer will store in the soil over the winter and help your grass come out of dormancy quicker and green up faster in the spring. I should probably listen to your advice when, when you do the going yard segment. But here's the thing, Be, because your grass is dormant the, and it's, it's a winterizer, like there's not like a big rush to do it. You can do it now or you can do it in January, whatever. Anyways, so that's, that's that. Um, 
cool season grasses. You, you've got some Halloween domination coming up since all your neighbors that have Bermuda grass are all dormant. You're going to have the green grass on the block that everybody's going to see. As the little neighborhood kids come by to trick-or-treat, moms and dads are like, man, look at that grass. It's still green. It's going to be dark. <laughs> it will be because, dang it. Daylight savings. Daylight savings is this weekend. Yep. <laughs> a couple days late. All right, Michael. Um, one last segment before we wrap it up, and we're going to talk Lord about Palmer. what we learned. <laughs> Dang it. And I hit the mute button at the wrong button. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. Don't blame yourself. It's Gosh. it's the producer. It's the dang producer. We've still got to uh, get him in shape over there. Okay, all I learned was that there's going to be there's going to be a lot of streaming services people. I am a cord cutter for those of you who've been listening for a while. I And those Big 12 Tax Deck fans are going to need to pick one up too. Yep. I I cutted the corded uh back in August last year. Has Ooh. it been a year already? It's been over a year cuz I I started Hulu Live the day that Tech played Ole Miss. So I I guess that was a bad omen. I don't know. But anyway, um, oh my gosh, all those stream- I, I'm sorry. <laughs> all these just just to kind of get everybody up to speed. Uh, the, the thing that we asked for is unfortunately coming true. Where you can just I just want to purchase what I want. Well, well, <laughs> well, everyone and their dog is is making a streaming service and they're having their own exclusive content to where you can only watch their stuff if you subscribe to their streaming service. And I've linked a tweet just to name a few. So, yeah, I was going to read these for you. Real quick. Go for it. You go right ahead. Do you want me to include the prices or just the, the name of this? Okay. Just the names. Amazon, Apple TV, CBS, Disney Plus, Epics, HBO Max, Hulu, Hulu TV, Netflix, NBC, Showtime, Sling, Stars, YouTube TV, and YouTube Premium. So I think out of those... The only ones that aren't making their own content might be Sling. I think almost every other one that you read has at least some show that you can only get through their app. But, uh, I was going to say Hulu, but no, they, they've got some. No, Hulu. Hulu's got a bunch of original stuff, and I actually like it. Like uh, that Castle Rock series is pretty good. Do you remember a couple of years ago when something was a Netflix original? You'd be like, yeah, I don't know about trash. that. <laughs> but now it's like a Netflix original. Like, man, these are good. Martin Scorsese is about to have a Netflix movie come out, The Irishman. Yeah. So really excited about that. I think that comes out next weekend. Stranger Things is a Netflix original. Yeah. Uh, that's one of their biggest ones. The Ozarks was a Netflix original. Yep. Narcos. Uh, they've had a bunch of. I mean, I can't even name them all. Orange is the New Black was one of the biggest ones, mm-hmm. one of their first big ones uh, up there with, well, no, it was before Stranger Things, but it was probably their first big uh, Netflix original. So was, Yeah, it was like five or six years ago. Then Amazon started making their own stuff, and it just keeps going and keeps going. Uh, Facebook is making their own stuff now. There's a Jessica Biel show that I'm half interested in about a town whose all their residents disappeared. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't know. I have no idea how to watch it. I was actually googling how to watch it a while ago, and I couldn't <laughs> figure it I, out. So it was you doing the work. Where can I watch this? <laughs> how do I watch the Facebook? Um, but that was that was really me. So anyway, all those you just all those you just mentioned. That does not include sports. 
because Hulu TV and YouTube TV, okay, those have sports. Sling has sports, um, but, but those are the only but three. But not at that level. So Correct. The, the, the Sling level shown here is like uh, the $15 more thing. I don't know which the, f- the color it is signed. It's like yeah. orange or blue. It's like the base level. That is the base of base. There's um, so Ace of base? If you want sports, you're paying at least 50 bucks a month. Because you've got to have YouTube TV or Hulu TV or View or one of those, you know, PlayStation View, one of those, to where you can get ESPN and Fox because you need them both. And then on top of that, you've got to have ESPN Plus now because the Big 12 is going to have at least three Texas Tech games on the ESPN Plus Big 12 conference channel network streaming all access thing. Uh, Three Texas Tech football games? No, did I say football? Three, no, you said three games. Three Texas Tech basketball games, mm. for sure. Uh, and they're all Big 12 games. Excuse me. So there'll be conference games that you'll want to watch. I'm sure there'll be some baseball games on there. That schedule's not out yet. And I do believe starting next year, there will be at least one football game on ESPN+. Plus. So get ready to shell out another four ninety nine for that. The only good news is that I think if you bundle it with Disney Plus, you get a deal because the mouse owns everything. So I think you could get it for twelve ninety nine Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, which is probably what I will do because I have a toddler mm-hmm. and I enjoy a lot of a lot of Star Wars things. <laughs> but anyway, just wanted to point out streaming is getting crazy. I do also want to point out that over the first year of me cutting the cord, I saved nine hundred and sixty-eight dollars. I don't want to hear it, man. Because I, I still am a subscriber to a in, including channel, a cable company, including yes. internet. My um, my monthly cost went from one hundred and eighty-eight dollars a month, well, see, which I'm, sounds crazy to I'm one not, to one eleven. Well, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I think we were at like 120. So it would, it would cost, it would, we'd only save nine dollars a month to drop. Right. And y'all, y'all are in a good place. But for some reason, man, I will say it. Suddenlink had my number, and they would not give me any good pricing. And well, so we, I dropped, I dropped them. We signed up with Suddenlink on a new customer deal. And it's one of those things that you and I have both lamented. Like, why are they? Why do they value new new customers over retaining old ones? Yeah, like their their new the promo they've been running now is price for life. They're guaranteeing sixty bucks a month now until whenever you cancel. Don't believe it. As a new customer, and it will no, it's not it's not <laughs> sixty bucks a month. It's sixty bucks a month for their cable service at the base level before equipment, before <laughs> broadcast, <laughs> before sports. Yeah, which is where like we we have the base level cable. And we have middle low tier of internet because I think they have four tiers. And then twenty bucks a month for your TiVo, and then ten dollars for your broadcast surcharge. And there's like a five dollar sports five dollar sports fee. Yeah, that that's how we're up to one hundred twenty bucks off of a sixty dollar a month promo. Makes sense. It's stupid. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, the other thing I think we need to mention before we sign off is that very quietly when Texas Tech football announced their 2020 schedule is that you will have seven home games. How did I not notice that? Is is one of the home games the Thursday game? I know you have a Thursday game. Yes. Okay. So you will have 
two non-conference and five conference games at home. That's a pretty big deal. Unfortunately, be prepared for your season ticket prices after a three and nine, four and eight season to go up. <laughs> because they have every damn year. Because they've got seven <laughs> games to sell you. <laughs> All right. So, Michael, I don't know if I have anything else this week. I want to thank everybody for joining us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We will check you later. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.